0: Well, happy New Year to one and all! It is great to be here with you in 2020, and we trust that you know God's will for our lives will continue to prevail, and that we would find great peace in His will for us. Uh, this morning, um, we are going to start a series. And I'm, you know what? Let me just share it. I was going to save it for during my sermon. Uh, you hear it again, but we had another baptism. Yeah, we have our youngest sister in Christ, the first for the year of 2020, Sharice Gera. Yeah, where is she? There she is. God has been amazing; He has just shown us His glory, and to Him we give all praise and honor. But this morning, um, welcome to the Kingdom, sis, and and Trudy. Crystal and my good friend Danielle, as well. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to be all in, and that's the title of our sermon this morning. One meaning of the or the term all in is fully committed to or involved in something. I'm going to get right into things this morning, and my very first point is, pack your coffin. Pack your coffin. You want to leave now? I'll give you guys a few seconds, this is not the right church. Are we in the same church? Yes, you are. And if we are honest with ourselves today, Christianity has become the safe thing to do. With the most comfort one can find in this life here on earth. Can we be honest this morning? No longer do we view Christianity as a life of sacrifice and courage, but instead a life of survival. Let me just survive, oh gosh. Just hold on and wait. When he's coming back, boy, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. For some of us, faithfulness is now holding the fourth. Playing it safe has somehow become safe. Pain, for some reason, is no longer a sign of faith in Jesus, but instead, his disapproval of us. For some of us, radical is no longer radical. It's the norm. Praying three times a day or more, I believe, would have been considered normal for the first century Christians. But for those of us that might be radical now, sorry, that might be radical now, I want to read, a. have been reading this book All In. The author is Mark Batterson. And I want to read a story that he starts off his book with. And it says, a century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. They purchased single tickets the mission field without a return half, and instead of suitcases, they packed their few earthly belongings into coffins. As they sailed out of the port, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved, everything they knew. They knew they'd never return home. A.W. Meln was one of the, those missionaries. He set sail for the new Hebrides of the South Pacific, knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every missionary before him. Mild, Milner did not fear for his life because he had already died to himself. His coffin was packed. For 35 years, he lived among the tribe and loved them. When he died, the tribe members buried him in the middle of their village and inscribed this epitaph, on his tombstone when he came there was no light when he left there was no darkness so when you hear the term pack your coffin what does that mean to you, as you in your Christian walk like I was saying playing it safe is what we've become at least for some of us just showing up Somehow that ticks the box, and we think, Well, I'm good to go. Sharing our faith with more than three persons in a day is not a new radical. You share your faith with so much people. Wow! That's radical. I dare say, it, I found myself lowering radical. To normal living a sexually pure life as a single is not the new radical instead being content with your status in life and willing to live elevated as a single even if God chooses to not give you a spouse that's a radical life do you still want to live radical in matthew chapter 16 from verse 24 but before we read let's pray our great father in heaven we adore you and we worship your name for it is it is because of you father that we are here this morning you've given us life you've allowed us to see 2020 and god (laughs) What a ride we're probably in for. To see what is happening in our world today. Wars and rumors of wars, if I may say. But God, we we sit here. Desire us to trust in your every plan for our lives. Right here in this island, Trinidad and Tobago. Father, give us perspective, please. Help us, God, to take our eyes off of this world. And to focus on you. God, we know that Satan is going to come to distract us, to come and to steal, kill, and to destroy. But we know, God, you've given us life to the full. We thank you for your will for us. We thank you for your saving grace. May your name be glorified this morning as we sing songs, pray, and consider what your word has to say. May I speak your words and not mine. And I pray that, God, we will leave here. With a, a, a new perspective on life, that in 2020 and beyond God, it will not just be a milestone in us le- reaching physically, but in our spiritual walks with you. We will elevate and become more and more focused on what it means to be all in for you. We love you in Jesus, and I pray. Amen. Amen. Oh yes, thank you That's my awesome daughter. My love dearly, thank you, Zara. Matthew sixteen. We're going back. Some of us, very familiar passage. It says then Jesus said to his disciples, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will." or the essence Jesus calling us all who wants or who wants to be His followers is to pack our coffins. It is to pre- be prepared to go where He wants us to go to the very end. We must abandon this misconception that following Jesus is supposed to be easy. Can we do that this year? Just just, just let's, let's, let's put it behind us. That no longer with this misconception that my life's supposed to be awesome here on this earth. That I'm not supposed to have any stress. So that when the drama reaches our doorsteps, we are not met surprised. But instead, we must rejoice that we are counted worthy. Of suffering for our Lord you see we got to shift our perspective you see if you focus on what is deemed to be the issue of how, how to put it our, our, our issue of not being in favor with God because of our drama and I have bills to pay and I'm stressed with this and that and I know money and, and all this stuff. a lot of times money is the biggest issue right But let me focus on the fact that, man, you know, God has me here for a reason. And he's putting me through this period, understanding that at the end of it, I'm going to be better for him. In Matthew 5, verse 10, what does he say? He says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You got to love the, pers- the perspective here because... Matthew is saying here, Yo, you know, your persecution needs to come because you're trying to be righteous, first and foremost. So if you're going to do something stupid and you get in trouble, don't expect that God is supposed to somehow come and save you because you are the one who gets in trouble in the first place. You have consequences for that. But if we're being righteous, if we're pursuing godliness, And we get persecuted for it. Don't worry. God has your back. In verse 12, he says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We're not all that special. The thing that we... No, no, skip this generation, God. (laughs) Let his offering hit somebody else. No. Everyone had to deal with it. We must embrace the adventures that come with it and allow faith in him to grow as we are committed to him to the very end. You know, God's will is not an insurance plan. It's a daring plan. Jesus didn't die to give us a safe life. He died to make us fearless of the physical death that holds us bondage mentally, and causes us to shrink back. You know what? Just over a year ago, I went on a prayer walk, and my prayer was, "God, help me to be fearless for you, and to just forget your will for my life." And I'm so. If you know monks St. Benedict, anybody know monks St. Benedict? All right. Good. So I'm up in the monks. So I'd go there every so often, and I went down in a little patch, a bush, in a corner, dong so. And so I was sitting down there, and it was a great time of prayer. But somehow, when you're when you're praying, you don't want no flies buzzing around, right? That has just kind of upset your flow. And for some reason, all of a sudden, this fly or mosquito or whatever it was came, and I said to myself, "All right, God." Uh, this is kind of distracting here now. Let me just go on up and finish off. So I walk out of the track and I reach on the concrete area where the, uh, this was at the retreat site on Mount Sinbadic, if you know it very well. And there I meet, I see this guy coming towards me. I don't know him from Adam. Well, our Four eyes meet. And for some reason, he's thinking that I'm going up the mountain on a hike. So he says, you're going up the hill. I say uh, no, and I'm kind of proceeding towards downhill trajectory, or trajectory, and I'm like, but then he says, so he said, well, so I said, well, you're going up, or? And I can't remember exactly how the back and forth conversation went, but it just ended up that he was saying, well, if you go, I will go. So I was like, all right, I guess you'll go, and in the back of my head, I'm thinking, is this what I just prayed about? So I'm like, okay. But kid you not, 25 steps into this walk, going up this mountain, voices in my head started to come. I'm like, dude, are you sure you should be on this trail with this total stranger? <laughs> and I'm watching the guy, he kind of built, it. Eh? So I'm like, boy, if we get in a fight here, what will happen, boy? He looked like... <laughs> so I'm like, hmm... So initially, I, I, I kind of like walking a little behind him now. So he a two, three steps in front of him. Are we, are we talking? Are we getting to know one another and so on? But back at the ranch, in my mind, I am like fearful. I'm like, God, I should just leave. So I came up with all kinds of reasons or, reason or ways in which how I can get out of this. And I'm like, maybe I just tell him, well, you know what? I, I think I need to go. My wife, I think she expected me at a certain time, or, or. And, but, but the battle in my mind was like, just continue to go. And the Spirit kept prompting me, just, just, just go with the flow. And I, I had to trust God. And I was like, you know what, God, amen. I'll just keep going. As fearful as I was. Now, in, in hindsight, there was nothing to be fear, fearful about. But by the time we get to the middle of the, our steep walk up that hill, we started to talk. And I shared my faith with this guy. And I told him about who I am. I said, I'm a minister. Well, that's the first thing coming out of my mouth, right? Because I'm like, if you want to fight with a minister, no, no, no. God will strike you down! Leave me alone! (laughs) This is my internal battle. Right? And I, I encourage you, do not taint this person because of this story, and I'm embellishing it even more. But... I'm just saying that there was some fear that I had to overcome. And I'm, I'm going on a journey that I, di- I didn't even know. I mean, I just prayed and I'm like, be careful what you pray for. Like, God, so soon? I'm like, I just walk on the track. So we reach up the hill, and by the time we get to the top of the hill, we, we sat down and I shared a few scriptures with him. And that began our relationship, our friendship, and we studied the Bible. He came to my home, we got to know each other, and I shared him with you guys. At the midweek, I shared about my, my journey up that mountain, so some of you all know the story. But let's just say that when you step out in faith and you trust God, amazing things happen. Because Daniel Phillips is now your brother in Christ. And... If I had chickened out, I don't know what would happen. If my fear had gotten the best of me, I would have turned around and gone on my merry (laughs) way. No sir, I'd be telling a very different story. Sure, I got away from a close one. But Daniel is the biggest teddy bear you could find. He's a great friend. We've bonded like brothers. And I was, I was all teary-eyed and at his baptism, still am at this point, because of what God has done. And I am very, very proud of him and his overcoming as well in his journey, on his walk, and his path as well. So praise God. You know, we need to stop believing that God has sent us to a safe place to do easy things. I mean, you go back in the Old Testament, I don't know anything easy. You ask Moses, when you go up to heaven, ask him how easy it was to lead them Israelites. You know, to be all in in 2020, we will need to make up our minds to pack our coffins for this journey. Point number two, who's following who? Who's following who? And in today's world, Christianity can easily be seen as a club to join. Most churches, sadly, I say this very sober-minded, you can just sign up to be a part of them today. The measuring rod for holiness is based on special days on the calendar. And the world has become very performance-oriented instead of spirit-led. You go to YouTube and you see it. It's all about the grand show. Lights, camera, action. And while I do believe that when we offer worship to God, it needs to be excellent according to the gifts that He has given us. I believe that our Desire to follow Him needs to be a lot more than anything else that we do. That is performance-oriented, so to speak. So instead of following Jesus, we've now invited Him to follow us. You're like, yeah, Jesus, come. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that your relationship with Jesus? You're in the front. And he is done. So yeah, yeah, Jesus. Uh huh. I want to come. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't no. Come, come a little close. Don't go in front of you no. Know. Stay in right there. I don't want you to leave me. I want you to be next to me. And we have to ask ourselves: Who's following who? No longer is it okay for someone to ask you. What would Jesus do? Oh gosh! Nah, 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 nah. I'm super Christian on them. Yeah, yeah. I ain't no zealot. So are you talking about what would Jesus do? No, don't bring that. Don't, don't bring Jesus in the picture. But who do I bring? Yeah. Who do I bring? Isn't Jesus your Lord? Is that too radical a question for you now we've begun to make statements like like I said I'm not a super Christian I'm not a zealot and since when is following Jesus being a zealot or super Christian since when did Jesus's standard become optional for us so much so that we have given ourselves the liberty to just do what we feel once we feel spiritual when we do it. It's not about our emotions. I got to feel the spirit. And if I don't feel it, then nah, no nah, I ain't in the spirit talking. But let's look at a story. And you tell me if this was about feelings. In Genesis chapter 22, the Bible says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took, his, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the, burning, for the burnt offering, he set out to the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I, I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. It's amazing how he said, we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham. Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself would provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by the horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Amazing story, a story that teaches us I believe a few lessons. First and foremost, surrender. I think Abraham was truly surrendered to God's will. I mean, to make it, to get to the point where he, I mean, he literally is going to kill his son. There was no doubt about that in his mind. But he trusted God even to the very end. But one of the most important lessons to learn from this story is how to follow. You know, we might not have a cloud to follow like the Israelites did after they were rescued from Egypt and found themselves in the desert. But not even Abraham had a cloud in front of him. He had God's voice. He simply heard God's voice and followed his instructions. Today we have God's word, which is his voice, and what do we do? Do we follow? Do we listen attentively? How's it going with our scripture reading and meditating on God's word? Now this is why if anyone wants to be successful in the spiritual race, he or she must be filled with the spirit. And this can only happen through baptism. We must immerse ourselves in Jesus. Jesus. And allow him to lead us in everything that we do. You know, we obviously we had four <laughs> baptisms in the last six days. And there they are. And to God be the glory. Christelle Remy, Trudy John, Daniel Phillips, and now Cherise Guerra. You know, it is the only way to the Father through repentance and baptism. I don't know where you're at spiritually, maybe you've been invited to church and you're asking yourself, how do I really connect to God? How can I truly have a relationship with him so that I too can experience the saving grace that his son offers? I encourage you to study the Bible. That's what those folks did. They opened the Bible with people, asked the questions that they needed to ask get the answers they needed to get from god's word don't wait for sunday morning to get your spiritual needs met that's just in my opinion is just a little two drops in the bucket your true spiritual growth is going to happen when you open your bible and begin to read and ask questions about what is it that god is saying to me It is the only way to be saved from this corrupt generation, said Peter in Acts. He said what? Save yourselves. Save yourselves. The only way to be saved is through the holy scriptures. That is what we need to follow. I don't care how awesome a pastor, whomever is, where he is, If you're not guided to God's word, if you're not pointed in the direction of the scriptures, then something is wrong with that picture. Because when you walk out of that assembly or that church, wherever you are, you got to go in your Bible and work out your salvation before God. You got to ask questions about where am I at before him? What do I need to do to ensure that I'm right with God? And if Jesus himself determined in his capacity as a human that he could only live this sinless life, he lived by following his father's lead all the way to the cross, then who are you and I to think that we need not to be a follower all the time? Maybe you're on a high spiritually now, and that's great. Maybe for our young Christians, this is the time where you are over the moon. And we told some of you guys, before your baptism, maybe even after, that this is the journey has just begun. For some of us, we've been on this journey for months, for years even. And you're realizing, wow, this ain't an easy journey. But I do believe that if we take our eyes off of who we are following it becomes not just difficult but it becomes it becomes mere impossible to follow God Abraham trusted God with his son's life down to the last second what do you need to place on the altar before God in 2020 is it a relationship money your children, school, your spouse, how about self? In Matthew chapter 26 verse 39, the Bible says, Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. You know, Jesus' life was lived to please the father. And this was done or down to the very end. Who have you been following? Have you been following Jesus? You know, we want all the benefits of having Jesus on our side, don't we? But we can easily disregard His Lordship in our lives. For some of us, giving up control will be a very hard thing again. Finding the strength to say no to self and yes to Jesus has to become normal. But for some of us, it, it's probably been, become abnormal, maybe. But there's hope. So we need to develop new habits again that enhance our ability to follow Jesus. So I want to try something with us this morning. So you can put on your notebook, notepad, your pen. And I want you to fold your arms right where you are. Alright? Now, you've been accustomed folding your arms since you're born, right? Yeah? Now, Okay. Remove it. Now I want you to fold it the other way. How easy is that? For some of us, right? For the selected few. You realize that you've become so accustomed folding your arms one particular way that it's become the norm. Isn't that it when we have habits? It becomes so natural. That when we try to do it another way, oh God, how to do that way? I didn't even know. But for some of us, I believe that's how it's going to be this year. If you pursue changing habits that are not in line with God's word and will. It's going to be hard. It's going to be strange. It's going to be weird. Like, wait, dude, I mean, my right is normally underneath Yeah. But I tried it last night and I was like, yeah. Alright, after literally fit my hand. Oh don't you? I'm like, yes, alright, good. Whew. It's a lot of work. That's how it's gonna be. Maybe getting up earlier is what you need to do to connect with God again. Yeah. That's not going to be easy. Because you know what? It means you gotta go to bed earlier. Go and sleep. <laughs> Come on the TV. Forget Facebook. And social media. That's what's going to take. Basketball. Basketball. I hear in basketball in the corner. Alright, alright. Basketball, yes. NBA finals coming up. If you know you're not disciplined to get up, forget it people basketball. What's the highlights next day? I'm just saying, if you are serious about following Jesus and making sure that he's in front and not behind or next to you saying, okay, come this way. Then you got to think about what habits have you made habitual. (laughs) Jesus Was in the habit of putting the father first he prayed continuously and consistently he followed his father's lead during our time of prayer and fasting let's be praying about this about surrendering again to god's will relinquishing our control is the only way we can allow jesus to lead the way as we follow no longer should it be come come Jesus no come it should be where where do you want me to go i'm following you Jesus it's about your agenda what you want it's about what 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 impacts you what makes you fired up what excites you my lord because you are the one that i'm following not the other way around. So, who is following who? I hope we are the ones trailing behind. So let's pack our coffins as we prepare to be all in, not just in 2020, but for the rest of our lives. Let's quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. I say that again: Let's quit living as if the purpose of our lives is to arrive safely at death. Who is following who? Are you still following Jesus? Or is he now just your riding partner? Who you have with you only for specific purposes? I need a little Jesus now. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. I need some prayers. All right, come, Jesus. Come and answer this prayer for me. When you answer the prayer, okay. You take a back seat now. It sounds a little funny, but it's scary. I really hope that we're considering what that means for us. If Jesus is not in the front. I pray that we here in the Port of Spain, Church of Christ, can be all-in for Jesus no matter what in 2020 and until we die or oh, Jesus, our Lord, returns. God bless you.
1: Amen. Thank you, Nino. Let's go to God and our would have prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you here this morning, God. Thankful, grateful for your love, your mercy, God. Thank you for the message that you have placed in your heart, God. Thank you for the team for this year, God, all in God. But as um, I know, I really need this team in my life, God, to really be more devoted, more committed, more focused, um, and more disciplined in my spiritual walk. God. Help us to all, um, you know, put away whatever distractions we may have, everything that is pulling us um, in this world, God. It could be our jobs, it could be our career, it could be, Um, other activities that we have that is taken away from our devotion to you, God. Help us to really um, examine our life, go to you in prayer, God. Um, Spend this time fasting and praying, God, really asking you to give us a new heart so that we could be revived, we could be renewed, God, and we could be recharged. As in your shared, God, um, some of us are living our Christian life as, you know, just barely holding on, God. Help us to really be excited, help us to be um all fired up again god for you and be willing to serve and be willing to live the life that you have called us to live god but we love for you pray all these things in jesus name amen